Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. What is up, guys? Welcome to today's episode and so excited for today's interview. As I mentioned on Monday, our guest today is Jeremy Kane. Uh, Jeremy, you've heard him before. He's an amazing realtor and he is the top Colorado agent with EXP Realty in the state of Colorado. He has the most amount of volume year to date. Not only that, but Jeremy has an insane amount of wonderful strategies that have helped him succeed in the real estate business. As you can imagine, you do not become a top producing agent in your state within your brokerage by accident. It is very intentional, and Jeremy does some pretty intense and amazing things that are outside of the box, but have helped him create success. They help have helped him become the go-to buyer's agent, like we'll talk about today, and even listing agent in the state of Colorado, like we will talk about in a few weeks. Uh, so very excited to have Jeremy on the podcast today, talking about being a better buyer's agent and having great strategies in your process, helping people find a home to buy. So very excited to have Jeremy on. He's a great, like I said, mentor, friend. And I hope you enjoy this interview with him talking about some tips and tricks to be more successful as a buyer's agent. Let's jump into it. In terms of the buyer side, well, and listing side, this really was inspired to me by one of the amazing calls we had within the Wolf Pack, uh, talking about different strategies. And we had absolutely amazing calls. And you shared a lot of interesting things on that call about how you kind of guide buyers through the process of buying a home. And I'd love to jump into it. I think one of the things that we'll just start with is, so you're kind of different than a lot of realtors in that you basically will meet with them, kind of show them some homes at the beginning. And and you kind of have that initial conversation, almost like an interview, like, hey, tell me what kind of house you're looking for. Tell me this, tell me that. And then let's jump into how that kind of guides you, because I know on the call you shared, hey, I remember that initial like interview with the client. I'll remember, you know, the notes I took either mentally or, you know, physically writing it down. And I'll say to them, hey, yeah, I see that home over there in Denver, but you said you wanted to live in a quiet cul-de-sac and that's right along a main road. So tell me kind of what you do with that and how it helps you guide the clients and really not waste their time, your time, and also write the seller and listing agents time as well. Yeah, it's definitely a multifaceted uh, approach. And it kind of all started because when I was a, a newer agent, I would really struggle to get people over to lenders. They wouldn't, you know, use my lending partners. They wouldn't call, you know, the three names or whatever, you know, there's, there's all kinds of weird things out there. Truth is there's no real rules of that. I think if you're going to get sued, you're going to get sued anyways, but I was having trouble getting people uh, connected with my lending partners. And, and so, or to even pick up the phone, I'd be like, Hey, did you call the lender? Hey, did you call the lender? Once you like have that like stop sign where you're like, you know, the next step is to call the lender. See you later. I felt like I was losing people. And so I really thought about it as a new agent. I didn't mind going to see homes. I like hanging out with people. So I developed this strategy and I call it kind of my scouting trip strategy. And basically what it is exactly like you kind of alluded to is I essentially will take somebody out and show them four houses. I do have some rules for that. And 
basically four houses in four different neighborhoods. Typically, these are first time home buyers, people that are homeowners and move up buyers and things like that don't necessarily, you know, need this push to, you know, get in the game. Um, but we can talk a little bit about that later. But essentially, it's like, okay, let's see these four houses in four different neighborhoods. Let me allow you to understand the process. And this is, you know, in most markets and after COVID and now that I'm dealing with a lot of families, we don't get in the car together. However, the the old adage is, you know, don't put them in the car until they have the pre-approval letter. And so I saw it as an opportunity to create that same time frame that we usually have where I talk about, okay, we're going to go under contract. You're going to need earnest money. You're going to need that to be verifiable. You know, we're going to need you know, then the inspection will come and then, you know, the appraisal. And so I walk them through the entire process while we're going in and out of these houses. And I can do that simultaneously as a new agent. Um, I, I sometimes leaned on taking them to lunch after the four houses because I was a, not able to multitask. Now that I'm I'm kind of in it and I've done it and I've practiced and had the at-bats, I can do that. So what I do, I just basically say first house, hey, we're just here to see, you know, all the things that you need to know because, Obviously, I don't want to waste my time, you know, so every moment I have with these people is is in place to get them to the next step. And so we're we're talking, you know, I literally step back and husband and wife, this is the best one is I say, literally, you guys can throw things at each other, fight, argue. I'm just going to kind of sit back and listen. It's not going to be a traditional showing at a traditional showing. I would kind of say, oh, this furnace is avocado green. It's probably pretty old. Uh, but I, I try not to do that, even though I certainly, when I see stuff, I still mention it, but I just listen, right. I just listen to what they want. If the husband's like, Oh, you know, the husband's eyes light up when he sees a three car garage and and then he's all of a sudden filled the three car garage. Well, we're getting to a point where a three car garage is a must have the wife loves the, you know, massive Island in the kitchen, you know, or the husband loves massive Island in the kitchen, not to say that anyone can't be the cook of the family. And so, you know, going from there, we just kind of take notes. I understand what people want. I have that in my file. It may be a year or two years or three years before they're even approvable. Uh, but that's that's kind of the the idea behind it. Well, and I think it's and, you know, like I said, I heard it on the you know Wolfpack call. And when you said that, I was like, that's a great conversation, especially this month as we talk about buyer strategies and listing strategies, because you said a couple things that nobody will do, Right. So many realtors, and again, we're here on the show and we're talking about how to stand out, how to be different. And so I love a couple things that you said as I took notes. One being that you're, first of all, you don't call this like showings. You call it, hey, we're going out on a scouting trip, which just kind of makes you stand out that you kind of have this special trip planned, that you kind of will let people jump in your car, that you'll kind of drive them around. And then you just listen and observe and take notes. So you kind of said, let's go back a little bit. You said that you were losing a lot of people before the pre-approval. Tell us what about now that you started the scouting trip? I'm guessing there you get a few, three, four, five hours to build the relationship and then they're less likely to leave. Is that how that's working? Yeah. And it all started with that foundational thought. And I was like, okay, well, everyone wants to go look at houses, right? As a real estate agent in the state of Colorado, I have access to every house that's on the market. Right. So people love looking at houses. People don't love calling a lender and saying, Hey, yeah, that's my child's back child support. Or, 
hey, yeah, I defaulted on that credit card or, hey, yeah, this or that, right? It's a lot of negative things that may come up in the credit report that people sometimes don't love to talk about. So it's typical for them to say, well, I got to pay off this credit card before I talk to a lender. Well, now once they're in a house, they're emotional. It's totally different, right? I'm showing them a house. They're like, wow, is this really possible? I'm I'm giving them that vision. I'm putting them in that home. I'm allowing them to talk and think and feel and, and go through things with their significant other and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm going to call the lender right now. Right. And at that time, I kind of start to introduce, okay, well, if this one's the perfect fit, dream home, sometimes I find houses and we go under contract after these scouting trips. But then I'm like, hey, you got to call this lender right now because I know they'll pick up the phone at five o'clock on a Saturday and go from there. And so then they, they, are more likely to get that job done. It's they have the emotional appeal of a home instead of just the the and to be honest, as a home buyer and owning several homes myself, I hate going through the lending process. Like I if I never have to get the right date on the bottom of a bank statement again, I wouldn't be sad. And so um I just don't have the cash to buy houses like I want to buy them. So I, I guess I have to deal with it. But um that's the biggest thing is once they have that emotional appeal, or maybe they're six months out, maybe they do actually have that credit card that they need to pay off after they talk to the lender. But now they're motivated, right? Now they see that, they feel it, they taste it, they smell it. And that's a huge conversion. And, you know, again, standing out is is the main key. And I love what you're saying there about the emotional appeal. I actually, I just started doing this in my business. So today, as I was, t- I told you, I was like hiking up a hill with a buyer, this, this buyer, um, they bought a new home with me two years ago today, the date of this recording. And so I saw them this morning. I was like, do you know what today is? And and they knew, but three weeks ago, they started looking at land. They want to, their house has they, basically, it was a $400,000 house. Now it's a $600,000 house. They're like, we could sell buy land, build a little, you know, shack on there until we have money but then we have land we're we're out of debt we're this we're that you know three weeks ago i said to my wife i'm going to show them homes and you know and, and some land they're not ready and she even said to me she's like so why are you showing it and i'm like because i feel like they have to like feel it taste it touch it and the minute they do they're gonna like be on board and so we had not even we hadn't spoken in a couple months and they said can you show it to us we're just kind of exploring i drove an hour and knew they wouldn't like that home. But she was like, why are you going? And I said, because I know this will be the start. Since that point, they looked at that house, didn't like it. We looked at land the next week. So they're kind of narrowing in on like land rather than like something built. Uh, So looked at the land. And today, when we looked at other land, they said, please bring us a CMA for our house. And I even said, like, when you're ready, I'm ready. So I just think one of the strategies out there, you know, realtors, as you listen to this is, you might be showing houses that you know your client. Now, again, not a million, but you might show a few houses that your client either can't afford or maybe like Jeremy, you know, they're not even pre-approved, but you kind of let them get the emotional connection with the house, right? You let them. So I won't be shocked if I get right a $550,000, $565,000 listing in the next couple of weeks from this couple because they just want to see what will happen if we list the home, Right. If I would have said, no, I'm not going to show you that house an hour away, they might have been like, you know what, forget it. 
but it kind of do you feel like that they get that emotional connection and that kind of speeds the process up it sounds like absolutely and you know the actual original strategy i i kind of brought this from i was at a training several years ago and uh justin Knoll, a good friend of mine and and uh, a big time you know advocate in the real estate board realtor boards national real estate board and all that stuff he was talking about on his questionnaire he asks about dream home and he will call clients in slow times and say hey i'm going to go preview this property it kind of matches what your dream home looks like you know out of the blue like everyone's going to want to go look at horse property in the mountains you know if that's their dream home and you know that's something unique that you can do so i kind of took that and infiltrated it into my entire business but especially as a new agent right if you're doing nothing else you're getting reps you're getting at bats with real estate conversations if it's just getting reps at explaining the process to someone if it's just getting reps opening the lock boxes if it's just getting reps showing the houses and becoming comfortable that is worth its weight in gold because how many times on in your membership and you know when you're doing your coaching calls and stuff are people like well i just don't know what to do like i don't i don't know what those income producing activities are we'll get better at showing houses right and this is how you do it you take people that may not be pre-approved gold standard buyers into homes and there's rules and there's limits and your limits can be probably more than mine but i show them four houses and get the ball rolling and that's it now with yours as homeowners i also you know kind of have this piece because i say i don't want to put your house on the market and just have the faith that we're going to find your move up home right because in our higher price market we got to make sure that they're comfortable with the especially with the higher interest rates right now that they're comfortable with that step up in payment usually it's a thousand to two thousand dollars in our market in these step up homes now but then we also have to say okay you know this is your move up home so let's make it a little bit longer right let's make sure that it has the things you're going to need for the next five to ten years and so i say let's go see if there's anything on the market you know or anything that you would say yes we're going to write an offer on because then we take them out of course there's stuff they want to write an offer on if they're a first time you know in their first time home buyer house you know, they need a master bath, they need more space, they need a yard, all the things, right? And so I just want to make sure that when I sell their house, that we can get moving. And that helps me on the listing side as well, because every single person is like, oh, you know, I, I'm ready to move, but I have to sell my house to get the loan for the new house. Um, but let's just go start looking at homes. Like you can show thousands of homes that way. You can waste a lot of time if you're taking somebody who owns a home in a competitive seller's market, and you're going to have to be contingent and their house isn't even on the market. You can waste a lot of time doing that. So I use this as like, okay, first things first, we're going to go look at some houses. We're going to see if you know there's options out there. If we see five houses and you would write on two of them, I guarantee you I can find a house for you in that price point in this market. Call the That's, lender. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, and it's different if you show them right five to 10 and they hate them all. You're like, okay, you're picky. And then it's, and then I think it's about, you know, and this kind of relates to what we talked about with the buyer. 
I think like being realistic, you know, do you see that with your buyers that you kind of have to set the expectation either, you know, at that point, if they're selling another home, but even like with your buyers from the beginning, what kind of strategies are you using right now, knowing that it's still a seller's market there in Denver to say to buyers, Hey, I, I get that you want all this in a bag of chips for $400,000. It's just not humanly possible. Like, how do you kind of guide them without saying like, yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Like uh, you got to show them, right? Yeah. You got to show them. And I, I'm no, I'm not scared to write an offer, right? Yeah. I'm not scared to throw an offer out there, especially for first time home buyers and just get annihilated, right? Just get like no, no response. Realtor writes back a nasty gram, whatever, because that's how they show the market. It's just like, anybody, right? I was just talking to one of my clients. She's a top lender in the state. Her kids are going to buy a home, right? Her kids have already bought a home with me. They're going to buy another home with me. And she's like, have you talked to kid one and kid two? And I said, I haven't. And she's like, you should, because they need to hear from somebody that they trust that's not named their mom. And so that's where, and I've had conversations with them, but I haven't been actively pursuing them as buyers because they already have homes and they're, they're doing the house hack thing. So that's a big deal is like hearing it from someone else, you know, maybe not a mom or dad, but if I'm like, here's, here's what happened this, you know, that's, that's the reality. And so mm -hmm. a couple of rules I use four houses only. I also am very careful about what I'm showing, right? If it's a first time home buyer, I'm not showing them luxury listings, right? It's, I'm going to show them first time home buyer, maybe a couple of detached, maybe a couple of townhouses in the lower price point that, I, and people are like, well, what if they can't afford that? Well, if they can't afford that, there's not a house for them and I don't know what to do, right? And so that gets me to my kind of, my next point of the strategy is, you know, if these people do not end up purchasing a home, Right. Because everybody thinks that every single thing you have to do is supposed to be income producing now, hustle culture. Right. And um, that honestly is is not my number one goal. My number one goal in my business, as you know, is to find connectors. And if I can provide someone an exceptional experience and I don't say, here, talk to this lender, I'm never going to talk to you again. And I don't say, before I go and take 10 minutes out of my day to go look at this house, which I could also be looking at for my investor clients or my, you know, whatever, I can see a house and be like, Hey, that's a deal. Let's go. I can call all my buyers that I have that are actively approved. If I'm not going to be willing to do that, then, then it's not going to go anywhere. But the fact that I am, all of those people are probably hanging out with a bunch of people that don't own homes. And when that time comes, they're going to remember, Hey, Jeremy took me out and like was very attentive to what I wanted in a home. Right he actually showed me some homes and said, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And then connected me to the lender to see if it would work. And it hasn't, it didn't turn out that it was going to work for me, but Jeremy actually cared about my situation. Right. And in this day and age with the internet and stuff, how many times have you heard like, Oh, I found the house. I did everything right. And the, the buyer's agent just took the money. Well, I don't hear that very often from my clients because I'm giving them the experience. And yeah, certainly they may get an email from me with the house that they end up buying. That's kind of the use of technology, but the experience is important. So even if that person that's in the house with me does not buy, they're going to tell whoever else is. And typically as, as we're creatures of habit, we hang out with people that are in the same life cycle as us.
Yeah. Tell us how you, I mean, you're so busy. You're right. What, what number one in volume in Colorado right now, year to date. So you're crushing it, but do you, I, I feel like I've lost and, you know, people in the membership that we talk to are losing buyers left and right. And I do think part of it is we're not following up enough, right? So what would you say to realtors out there that feel like, oh my gosh, I just, I even know like we've got a, you know, small group and some of these people have joined me over at EXP and some are coming like, and I think something we hear a lot is, I'm losing buyers. What would you kind of say to people out there that are losing buyers? Because, because right, you don't become the number one uh, realtor in terms of volume in the state by losing all your buyers. You've got to be retaining them. So what are you doing that most realtors are not doing in terms of their buyer experience? Obviously, the tour uh, and the scouting trip, as you call it, is a huge piece of that. What else are realtors out there missing? I'm going to be brutally honest here. A lot of realtors don't care <laughs> enough. Right. Yeah. And that's, I'm not saying you or any of the people in the membership, yep. but a lot of realtors don't care. And I'm the guy, like, you can check, check the stats, right? I have paid $850 for move out clean when my seller didn't clean. I've paid $600 for a new washer and dryer when, you know, the seller took them and it was on the contract and whatever. Like, I just make sure it's right. And so people know that. But the biggest thing right now that people are missing is they're basically taking the headlines and echoing them. Mm -hmm. I am very counter to that. I look at the statistics. I'm in them every single month, every single week. I'm with my partners that are obviously very on top of the economic world. And I am putting out content that is positive. And I'm finding the winners in the market, not not misrepresenting the stats and not saying, hey, it's the you know best time to buy because interest rates are at 8% or whatever they're at, right? It's, okay, the interest rates are at 7%. Why is now the perfect time for a first-time homebuyer to get in? Well, a first-time homebuyer struggled to get in for you know 24 out of the last 36 months, like almost couldn't get in because of low down payment or credit or whatever. And now they have an opportunity to get in. Well, when the economy gets figured out, which who knows when that will happen, and the interest rates do come down a little bit, you're going to see a flood of buyers to the market. Yep. There's going to be more competition. The prices are going to go up because there's bidding wars coming back to the market, and you're going to be in the same spot. And so you're still renting, you're still throwing away money, you're still living in your mom's basement, whatever that is, but you have to find the winners in the market and be able to explain it. And say, okay, well, if you buy a house right now at 7%, is it going to cost more than it did two years ago? Yes. Right? I was just looking at the numbers like, it's crazy what I would have to do to put down on a move-up home to literally 75% down payment to get a move-up home to get my payment exactly where it is now. And that's wild, right? So that it does cost more, but the beauty about the 30-year fixed and the no balloon payments and the, you know, the mortgage situation we're in is that if the mortgage rate goes up, you're locked in, right? If the mortgage rate goes down a half a point or three quarters of a point, which is pretty, would be normal once the economy comes back a little bit, you can refinance and there's no harm done. You're out $5,000 that you'll never even know you, mm -hmm. you know, spent because it's in your mortgage over 36, you know, 360 payments. So that's the biggest thing is just educating people, finding the winners and being able to explain why, Maybe now it might be a little more, 
But if you wait, it's going to be the same price because the interest rate's going to come down and then you're going to have bidding wars. Because when you look at the statistics, when the market goes down, when the you know average interest rate goes down, mortgage rate goes down an eighth of a point, mortgage applications skyrocket. So people are sitting there waiting, watching, and applying for mortgages or going under contract per se, because that's when you get mortgage applications is when you actually go under contract they're being very reactive. So you can only imagine what would happen if it goes down a half a point to three quarters of a point. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think even, you know, it's so funny because being in this business, my business has slowed down, I guess a little bit, but really so many of the clients I work with say, would you buy a home in this, you know, rate environment? And I say, yes, I just did in January. And that literally stops the conversation. They don't ask anything else about rates. They don't question rates. They don't this they basically now they don't say this right but it's basically like oh you bought a home out of whatever it was six and a half seven in january whatever it was they're like okay i trust you i'm buying a home right turn off the news and just trust your now again we bought a home for that reason because we knew the the interest rate was going to be a little higher on the front end as soon as rates drop when they do right i will refinance you know my rate um but i only competed there was one other offer on our home not seven not 15. Now it is obviously like area school district dependent. I have clients even the last few weeks, they missed out on one that had one offer and they went the next weekend and made an offer on something and had 20. So I I think being the realtor out there, you have to educate your clients, right? Is it a good time to buy or sell, right? I love asking this of people in the membership and because people ask me all the time, it depends. <laughs> it depends. It's it's situation unique. I can't tell Jeremy that you and your wife need to buy a home right now there in Colorado, right? Just like you couldn't tell me here in Pennsylvania. But you can say, and guys, as you listen to this, you can say, well, tell me more about your situation before I just decide, is it a mm-hmm. time to buy? Because it might be a time to buy for me and not be a time to buy for you. And so that's every single client that we interact with is just knowing the client, right? And we can do that, right? If if you steal Jeremy's idea and do a scouting trip, you'll kind of know after a couple hours with that client, their situation. Hey, she's, you know, the wife is pregnant. She's having a baby in three months. Like, well, maybe it's actually not the time. You really don't want to be moving the week before your due date. That's probably not preferred. So, well, Jeremy... Yeah. Appreciate your time talking about this and excited to jump in in a couple of weeks with you about listing presentations. Anything else about the buyer presentation and experience before we go? Yeah. And that's, you know, one thing you said there kind of sparked something up. There is a group of buyers that it's always a good time to buy. And that's the renters because they're paying 100% interest. They're throwing away 100% of their money right. every single day. And yeah. so no matter what the interest rate is, they're saving 90, 95 whatever um, in interest. So you always have that, that to kind of fall back on, but you listen to my, you know, living in the Denver suburbs uh, YouTube channel. And I constantly say the right time to buy is dependent or the right time to sell is dependent on your situation. Let's have a conversation. And it's, it's completely obvious when you are a real estate agent and you're pushing people into completely terrible situations right? Real estate is is not terrible. I was just looking at houses in Northeast Ohio. I was out there on vacation, saw a house. I was like, hey, let's go look at that. That house would be worth a million dollars in Denver and it's listed for 300,000. <laughs> um, 
And so I was out there and the agents just, I was like, Hey, you know, we're looking at this as an investment property. What do you think? You know, so on. And they're like, well, yeah, family, it's a four bedroom house. It's a big house. Well, we are uh, literally a quarter of a mile away from Kent state university, a 25,000 student university in a zone that is not as, you know, stringent as directly in the university and the other side of the university. And she had no thought of me renting that house out to the a student. Mm. And I was like, are you the neighbor or, <laughs> you know, so you just have to be creative when you get people into homes, they have to be educated, but you cannot educate people if you're not educated yourself. And if you're doing the pointy dancey videos on TikTok and you're saying all this stuff and you're not bringing the education piece to actual real data and what's going on in the market, you're missing the boat. Yeah, totally, totally get it. And guys, if you want, I mean, you know, Jeremy's got a great Jeremy. First of all, like you've got a great podcast, YouTube channel. You've been a huge help of me building the membership. If you guys want help connecting with things like this, like come check out the membership, check out Jeremy's YouTube, the real estate agent playbook or his podcast. Uh, but this is why we exist, right? Me and Jeremy, I think one of the things we've connected about is we love helping realtors growing their business. Now we get to do that at EXP. Um, but even more than that, like through our podcast, through our memberships, uh, et cetera, we've got tools to help you in the business. So Jeremy, thanks so much. Really appreciate you. And uh, I know we'll chat in a couple of weeks about listings. And uh, so I'll see you then. And thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Uh, appreciate just your your will to you know, help new agents succeed. And the thing that we connected on most was that we're taking our two experiences, absolutely successful agents and, you know, helping them succeed and having that heart to serve is huge. And, and now partnering with you, I'm excited for the future, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.